Every, 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 hello. <laughs> Working on my DJ voice in case this doesn't work out. Hello, welcome to the memento realm of existence. I'm your host, Jose Luis Mateo Jr. Today's episode is titled Subtle and Intended Nudges Waking Influences and Their Effects on Dreams. Part 1 What are subtle and intended nudges? We can say that subtle nudges and intended nudges are both derived from subconscious and conscious cues. These nudges are comprised from a lifetime of experiences, whether it be by you or anyone else. We go through hundreds, if not thousands, of subtle and intended nudges daily. There's no real stopping point for your subtle and intended nudges. They kind of run in perpetuity. They carry themselves throughout your waking state and they carry themselves throughout your dream state. Let me give you some examples of subtle nudges. People who choose to say that they suffer from anxiety instead of enduring it. There are subtle nudges being broadcasted and received by these kinds of people. First, let's look at the word. When someone tells you they're suffering from something, personally, I don't perceive that as a battle being fought. I perceive that as a battle being already lost. I perceive it as you are on the floor. You have nothing left inside of you. You are just done you're suffering there's there's no fight left in that old dog you're just suffering if someone were to say i'm enduring my anxiety i'm gonna look at that and be like you're putting up a fight okay you're enduring it because even though things are difficult even though they're not the best case scenario even though they're not where you want it to be at you're still trudging through the motions you're still making your way the subtle nudges of someone who claims to be suffering from anxiety are very victimized. Someone who suffers from anxiety gives out the subtle nudges that doesn't take much to, to rattle them. and doesn't take much to make them fold. It doesn't take much to, to disturb them. So subtle nudges, depending on the person can be picked up as, I can play with this person, or I should watch what I'm saying around this person. I should watch how I'm acting around this person. This person suffers from anxiety, so a subtle nudge from understanding that is that you have a threshold, a very small threshold for the amount of things that you are allowing yourself to go through because there just apparently is already so much that you're going through. Versus someone who's telling you that they are enduring their anxiety. Someone who tells you that they're battling their anxiety. Lets you know that they're still putting up a fight. Someone 
who is battling through their anxiety is more willing and more likely to step out into social situations and to challenge themselves because they're already challenging their mind state every second of the day. I've never seen somebody with selective anxiety. It kind of just runs the gamut across the board. And it really seeps into you on different levels. You might have severe anxiety leading a meeting, but you have a little bit of anxiety, just a smidge of anxiety ordering food at the drive-thru. You might have anxiety talking to a family member. You have, might have anxiety talking to the in-laws. So the subtle nudges from someone who claims to suffer anxiety are those of a don't mess with me because I'm because I'm easy to break. I'm like porcelain sitting on the edge of a shelf and the windows are open and it's a very windy day. Please don't blow too hard. People who are confident give off very different subtle nudges. When they walk into a room, you can perceive that they have a certain stature about them. You can perceive that they they have a strength to them subtle nudges will tell you to either respect their confidence or to challenge their confidence and if really in reality people if the subtle nudges are telling you to challenge their confidence you you might have some things going on in your head because like why try to mess up a good thing i hate people that do that and yeah i'll use that word hate i i despise people who find it apropos to try to shit on someone's parade moving on the subtle nudges of someone who is confident is someone who is almost completely unshakable this this person just walking into a room you can tell has a strength you can tell is reliable you can tell has a certain air about them subconsciously and consciously you're looking at them and you're able to to pick up things you can tell the difference in stride from someone who suffers from anxiety and someone who's confident people who assert themselves over others you know like the people who want to challenge the confident people because they they feel better about disrupting energy these kinds of people have some twisted subtle nudges if the subtle nudge from someone suffering from anxiety is being broadcasted as, please don't temper with me, please don't mess with me, I'm easy to break. That subtle nudge is perceived by the person who asserts themselves and they're more willing to mess around with you because of that. People who assert themselves over others, their subtle nudges carry themselves in very flagrant ways because their baseline character is just to prove themselves over you. So whether whether or not they respect you, whether or not their family, whether or not you hold a position above them, in some shape or form, whether it be subconscious or conscious, they feel the need to make themselves feel bigger than what they actually are. It's kind of going into the intended nudges and I'm trying to hold back because they 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 kind of they run very close by each other. Uh, the last one, people who are caring. The subtle nudges 
from people that are caring are that they have a kind character. If someone who is a caring person walks into a social event, whether it be a, a book signing, a, a show, a club, something like that, uh, anything really like that, a, even even a grocery store, a library, someone who is a caring person has subtle nudges broadcasted out from them that they care about the next person. It's it's going to show in the way they carry themselves. It's going to show in how they talk to people. It's going to show in how they pay for things. It's going to show when someone who is a caring person is at these events, they're always, typically, always prone to find or help someone in need because that's just part of their baseline character they're drawn to that it's a, it's the state of attraction they're drawn to that they're drawn to care about people the same way people who assert themselves are drawn to assert themselves the same way people who suffer from anxiety are suffering instead of enduring the same thing with people who are confident now let's give some examples of intended nudges in regards to the dating scene, choosing signals are intended nudges. An intended nudge is something that is consciously done. Whether you understand why you're doing it or, or you don't, you have consciously made the decision to do so. You, you might try to blame it on impulse or blame it on whatever, but if the thought went through your head for longer than one second and you permeated on it, this is an intended nudge. Choosing signals is a perfect example. When you're in the dating scene, women, at least from, from a male perspective, from my perspective, women like to do what I call the bear and fish scenario. A woman will a woman will see you and instead of having the the courage or the cojones to to walk up to you and approach you, they'll try to make themselves seem more enticing. They'll they'll, they'll flip their hair, they'll bat their eyes, they'll smile, they'll smirk, they'll give you more than one look, they'll stare you down. They will send out these intended nudges in hopes that you are receiving them. Now, for the metaphor, you're the bear. You're the bear strolling through whatever event you're at, wherever you're at, and there's this fish, and the fish wants to get eaten. So the fish will jump up and down, the fish will sit there and 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 make itself known to the big old bear so that the bear can come out and the bear can eat it personally the thing i don't like about this scenario at all is that it's never the woman outright choosing you she's choosing you but she's making you go for it Oh, yeah, he noticed me. I noticed him and he approached me, blah, 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 blah. You see, when, when the guy has to do the approach, the guy is in the state of proving what he's doing. When the guy, <laughs> I'm, I'm stepping out of line from from my podcast, but this this is something that, that ugh, 
it just it rubs me the wrong way okay when when this scenario is enacted the bear is always chasing the fish the bear is always trying to get the fish the fish jump right back in the water and swim downstream and the bear is like damn it i'm hungry for this fish now come here and the bear is going to do what the bear can to chase after this fish. In reality, there's plenty more fish in the damn pond, sea, ocean, puddle, stream, wherever. The local store, there's fish everywhere. And, and this... Moving on. The intended nudges of controlling and assertive people. Intended nudges from controlling and assertive people lie in a myriad of actions it can it can be from a stare down it can be from a stare down during a conversation it can be the way they put their hands on their hips to try to look like captain sabaho it can it can be the way that they talk down to you these are intended nudges these these are conscious actions these people might not have put all the critical thinking skills they possess into this certain situation with you, this certain scenario with you. But they spent a lifetime doing this. They spent a lifetime of, of building up these conscious and subconscious cues. So it's it's become a secondhand thing. It's become, oh, I think little of this person. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fuck with this guy. And that brings in with it. The stare down, the talking down, the the bass and the voice, the, the demeanor, everything. Everything that goes into why they do what they do. When they decide to intend on their nudges, that's when they purposefully go out and try to disrupt what's happening and what's going on. Intended nudges of motivational speakers. I think motivational speakers are some of the most wonderful people in the world, and I cannot name one. I think there's that one guy, Tony Robinson, he's got that really rectangular looking face thing going on, but that's, that's, that's really it. The air of a motivational speaker is that they're supposed to motivate you, right? They're supposed to supposed to shake the cage that you've kept yourself in in order to help you get from a to b a motivational speaker's job is to put things into perspective for you so their intended nudges are in mass their intended nudges are towards a large amount of people or just one person their intended nudges are that to uplift you are that to challenge you are that to disrupt you their intended nudges stem from a lifetime of conscious and subconscious cues from seeing somebody who's down, from being down themselves, from having to deal with that. All the experiences they have gone through go into why they're motivational speakers. And the last one, my favorite one, the Maharishi effect. The Maharishi effect is the ability for a small amount of the populace up to one percent that's a tiny amount of wherever you are the maharishi effect states that the smallest amount of populace the one percent of the population in the local area and the tri-state area regional area whatever 
has the ability to affect everyone else around them. What they've done to test this is they've had people, they've had like 1% of the population meditate in that local area. And what happens when these people meditate? Their intended nudges are sent out on an energetic level. In reality, all these nudges are sent out on an energetic level. These people are intending for the good energy to flow, whether or not they understand how it's transitioned or whether or not the person who's being affected understands what happens in the local area is that crime goes down. The the, the shootings go down, the, the robberies go down, the shoplifting go down, the 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 state of people's brains, their their emotional state is uplifted. People are happier. People are more willing to come outside and talk to you. People are living a higher quality life, a better quality life because of the Maharishi effect. 1% of the population is able to affect the rest. So now look at your local city, look at your local suburb, look at your local town or wherever you happen to reside in. There's way more than 1% of those people living in despair. There's way more than 1% of the people who are mirroring trauma. They're, they're just reflecting what they go through. They're reflecting what's inside of them. They're just, they're just channeling trauma and kicking it off to everybody else. If the Maharishi effect is true to form, then what we're doing on, on an unknown ignorant level is the exact opposite of the Maharishi effect. We're not spreading good love and goodwill to people. We're not meditating with each other and harmonizing in, in positivity. As a matter of fact, we're doing the exact opposite. We're harmonizing in negativity. We're harmonizing in despair. We're harmonizing where we're, we're trauma bonding instead of bonding in a positive manner like we can trauma bond over things and reach a positive solution instead of just yeah well you know i just i guess that's how life is you want to spark up a blunt by the way the maharishi effect is for subtle and intended nudges i had to save the intended nudges but the intended nudge of the maharishi effect also becomes a subtle nudge of the Maharishi effect because they're intending and subtly people are being affected. As I said, this is what we're doing with everyone else, just in the exact opposite manner. We are spreading negativity, pain, despair, anguish, depression, anxiety. We're spreading that everywhere and everyone is suffering. Everyone is suffering from it. Unless you know how to sequester yourself and protect yourself, you're suffering from it. The thing, the thing about these subtle and intended nudges is that at a level, we accept them. Even if we don't understand what's going on, even if we don't consciously understand what's going on, our body understands energy better than our mind does. Even if we don't understand what's going on we accept our ability to broadcast our, our ourselves to other people and we accept the ability for them 
to to broadcast themselves to us. We accept that reception. We accept it. Even even if you downright say, I'm not going to let this bother me. Consciously, you've already acknowledged it. You've already brought duality into the situation when you decided to to put a, a right or wrong on it. You've decided that there are two options. In reality, acknowledging it and saying, I'm not going to let this bother me nine times out of ten, you've probably already thought about how it would bother you. Nine times out of ten, you're so adamant about it not bothering you because you already know what it would do if it would bother you because past experiences tell you that this would bother you. We we build our lives off of our experiences, coalesce it with duality, and then we have these subtle and intended nudges on the daily. This is the end of part one. Please flip over to side B.